All right, guys, what's going on? This is Coach JC here, and you are listening or watching the Win All Day podcast show. And I'm super stoked and excited about our guest, and I know you're going to be, and we're going to introduce him in just a minute. But before we do, if you are a frequent listener, then you know what time it is. It is time for your Win All Day winning confession. If it's your first time, just repeat after me. Today is my day. Nothing will get in my way of me being the best version of me. I am here on purpose. I have a purpose. I am strong. I am passionate. I am fearless. I choose faith. I was born a winner. I will win and win all day. Yes, you got it, baby. This is Coach JC. And once again, you are listening or watching the Win All Day podcast show. And you can see the good looking man on the screen. I am joined today by the one and only Alan Stein Jr. What is going on, my man? Nothing. I think we need to redo that. If you could have a little more energy next time, I would. Uh, let, I would be let me go drink some espresso and then we'll do it again. Is that cool? <laughs> I'm equally excited to be here. I've been looking forward to this since we put this on the schedule a few weeks ago, man. So I, I appreciate it very much. Well, I am excited, man. And I, I just want to welcome you on my behalf and the listener's behalf to the Win All Day podcast show. We don't have guests on here often, man. We're very selective in who we have on here. And I'm going to share just a little about why I felt it was a great idea to have you on the show. And I know today that you're going to bless our listeners in a ridiculous way. And before I introduce you, I just want to talk to the listener or the viewer right now. Uh, you're here on purpose. You have a purpose. I said that earlier in the Winnie Confession. But I just want you to be open-minded today. I don't know why you tuned in today. I don't know what you're believing for in your life. Maybe it's a breakthrough in your business. Maybe it's a relationship physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually. But I believe today that just the next few minutes, if you could tune in and just listen what Alan and myself has to say, that your life will never be the same. So we're super excited. And today my guest is Alan Stein Jr. And I'm just going to read a quick bio. And then Alan, I'm going to have you introduce yourself. So Alan is a world-renowned coach speaker, and author. He spent 15 plus years working the highest performing basketball players on the planet and now teaches audience on how to utilize the same strategies in business that elite, that elite athletes use to perform at a world-class level. Alan specializes in improving individual and organizational leadership, performance, and accountability. He inspires and empowers everyone he works with to take immediate action and improve mindset, habits, and productivity. And before I give you the official uh, announcement and introduction, I want to read this from Kevin Durant, the 2017-18 NBA Finals MVP said this, Alan played a huge role in my development on and off the court, and his guidance helped me get to where I am today. So please help me welcome world-renowned coach, performance coach to some of the top basketball players in the nation, speaker and author, Mr. Alan Stein Jr. Welcome to the Win All Day show, my man. Well, thank you so much. You know, I, I firmly believe as, as human beings, uh, our attention in the present moment is the most valuable gift we have to give anyone else. And, and I don't take that lightly. So certainly anybody listening or watching to this right now, uh, I don't take for granted that you are investing your attention in the present moment with uh, Coach JC and I, and we, we both really appreciate it. 
Yeah, well, I'm super stoked to have you. And, and just so you know, man, I, you know, our paths have not crossed in person, but we've done some similar things. And I've been following you for a little while. I know we crossed paths on, I think it was Facebook or Instagram. But myself, well, I was actually the youngest strength coach in the nation at the Division One level, worked with uh, collegiate athletes and professional athletes in the NBA, was very involved in basketball performance for years, man. Actually came from New Jersey to Tulsa, Oklahoma to play basketball. So that was my sport. So like you, we've both been blessed to, to, to not only help athletes be their best on a court, but also in life. And I love that's what Kevin Durant said in that quote that you not only played, played a huge role in him being a great basketball player, but we're really guidance and helping him get to where he is in life. So that's super cool. Then you're an author as well. We're going to talk about your book today. You're a speaker. I'm an author. I'm a speaker. So man, I just feel like, man, we have a divine connection today and you're going to bring fire and we are going to help transform the mindset, habits, and productivity of the listeners and the viewers. And we're blessed to have you. And here's what I always like to do, man. I like to just give you the time right now to introduce, introduce yourself. I read a, a cool, sexy bio, but really there's, there's listeners listening right now that might be familiar with who you are. There might be listeners that have no idea who you are. And just let us in the world of Alan Stein Jr. Where are you from? Where did you grow up? How did your life evolve to where you're at today, man? Just let us in, brother. Sure, and I'd be happy to do that. And, and certainly for anyone listening uh, that doesn't share uh, the same connection that JC and I have as far as basketball, as far as training, as far as uh, speaking and being an author, uh, don't worry. You know, our goal is to make sure that, that we pull out uh, the, the strategies and the principles with the highest utility to make sure that it applies to any area of your life. So if you're listening to this because uh, you're struggling with or looking to improve uh, something personally or professionally, uh, maybe individually or organizationally. Uh, it doesn't matter if you share the exact same passions that we have. Our goal is to be able to translate that to you so you can apply it. So, uh, Absolutely. Yeah, as far as just a, kind of an overview of, of myself, um, probably similar to you, basketball was my first identifiable passion. And I remember falling in love with the game at, at four or five years old and was able to play up through college. I played at Elon. Uh, it was Elon College at the time. It's now Elon University. And uh, I was taught at a very young age that you should find what it is that you're good at and find what it is that you love to do and then find where those two things intersect. And that point of intersection is going to be your strength zone. And, and the more time uh, and energy and focus you can put into your strength zone, uh, one, you'll greatly increase your chance of being successful and significant. Yeah. Uh, but two, you'll also greatly increase your chance of being happy and fulfilled. And the reason I say that is, uh, I knew very early on that, that basketball was a major passion and that connecting and pouring into others and helping others uh, was something that, that I was fairly decent at, even at an early age. Uh, so combining those two things, I knew that going into the basketball coaching space uh, was where I was meant to be, and that was my initial calling. And in college, I started to develop an equal affinity and love for the training side for strength and conditioning and fitness and performance. Uh, and that's why when I graduated college in 98, I knew that being a basketball performance coach put me right in the middle of that strength zone. And it's, it's what I, I did for almost 20 years and was very, very fortunate to have an opportunity uh, to work with, work alongside and observe uh, the best players in the world. And from there, I learned some strategies and some lessons and some habits and some routines and some mindsets uh, that I now uh, share with folks outside of the gym walls. So I, I speak to corporations, uh, speak to a variety of different groups, 
that are all looking to do the same thing that athletes are looking to do, which is improve performance. And I made that leap kind of leaving the basketball space directly and entering the corporate market about three years ago and have had an absolute blast doing it. And the only other point I'll follow up with, when you find that point of intersection, just know that as you get older, that may change. Because as you get older, you'll develop new passions and you'll develop new skills and find out new things that you're good at. So for almost 20 years, that point of intersection was being a basketball performance coach. And now it's, it's kind of changed or pivoted, to use a lame pun, it's pivoted into the corporate space where I still fill buckets and I'm still pouring into people and I'm still <laughs> coaching. I'm just doing so more on the business side now. That's awesome, man. Super stoked. So, so let's, let's pause there for a second, man. You, you've, you're doing amazing things. You've done some amazing things. You know, I was, uh, you know, you, you worked with Nike, correct? You ran, uh, you ran basically, how many years did you do the off-season summer camps where you were responsible for training all the athletes that came through? I mean, I'm talking Kobe Bryant. Uh, you can name, uh, who else? LeBron James. I mean, anybody and everybody, right? It was actually, so in 2007 is when Nike decided to use their flagship athletes, their best athletes, which was Kobe Bryant, uh, LeBron James, Steve Nash, Paul Pierce, uh, Vince Carter. That's when it started. And then it morphed uh, over the next decade into Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving and Anthony Davis. And yeah, I had an opportunity to work all of those events and get to see those guys kind of behind the curtain and what they did to make themselves great while at the same time working with the high school and college players that were at the camp, many of which are now in the NBA. So I got to see kind of the before and the after picture of what it took and, and did that. I think those ran for, boy, I mean, they're still running now, but my participation in them was for about 10 years. I think from roughly 2007 to the 2016 mark, uh, I was able to work those events. Wow. So, so let, let me ask you this. So you, you said something that's absolutely valuable. You said, hey, when, you're, when, when you kind of can figure out what you really are good at, your skill set, and what you love to do, and you can interact with those and cross those paths, that when you, you, you can really bring some purpose and significance. What would you say to the person right now that's listening that might be struggling with that in life? Maybe they're stuck in corporate America, right? And they're saying, man, I, I'm not fulfilled. I don't have purpose every single day. I'm not significant. Maybe they're a young cat. Maybe, maybe they're graduating college like you and say, I would love to do strength and conditioning. I would love to combine basketball and athletics with my passion or whatever that mission that they know deep down inside that they're called to do, but they haven't really been able to cross those paths of what they're great at and what they love. What, what would you say to them right now that you could give them some guidance and what they could do to help discover that moment that you had to be able to combine those two things? Well, the, the most important characteristic for any human being to have is, is self-awareness. And that's the reason that's chapter one in my book, because it is the foundation to which the rest of the house is built. Uh, so it takes some, some deep soul searching and really sitting and reflecting. And whether you're young or you're old, or this would be your first job, or you've had 20 jobs, you really need to sit down and reflect uh, in those two different buckets and say, okay, what things do I just love to do? Uh, if, if money wasn't a factor, if, if, none of, if nothing else was a factor, just what things bring me the most enjoyment and the most satisfaction, uh, where is my passion? And start to figure those things out. And, and the deeper you can drill down, the better. Uh, and then the same thing on the what are you good at? I mean, what, you know, when you look back at school, what subjects did you get good grades in and you didn't even have to try very hard because you just had a natural acumen for it? Uh, which things uh, have just seemed to come 
naturally and organically where, and this is not saying that you haven't had to put in work to do them, uh, but the work you've put in, you've actually enjoyed doing that work because it was something that, that you were, you were good at and you got results quickly. And, and then a, another level of that would be to ask the people closest to you, you know, it's ask awesome. your, your close friends and family and, and colleagues and say, Hey, you know, what is it that you think I'm really good at? What is it that you could see me doing at a high level and, and just kind of doing a brain dump to get everything out on the table. And then you need to start piecing them together and go, okay, well, how can I actually make a living doing this? Or uh, how, how can someone hire me? Or could I start a business doing this? Um, but I'm, I'm sure it's all right out in front of you. You just have to be the one uh, to try to organize it and pinpoint it. And uh, the neat part is in today's day and age, especially with the advent of, of the internet and with social media, which wasn't around when I first started, yeah. um, there's so many more opportunities today. Uh, you, you'd be hard pressed in this day and age to find a real passion and a real skill set, find where they intersect and not be able to find a, a viable business uh, that, that you could be a part of or that you could start yourself. And, you know, it's, I would tell players all the time, you know, I mean, if, if basketball is your passion, well, only the, the upper 0.1% are going to be able to play basketball for a living. But there's so many other opportunities to be involved in the game of basketball that could mirror your skill set yeah. that don't involve playing. I mean, right now, I guarantee you and I could come up with a list of 50 different things um, that someone could make a living doing. Obviously, coaching is a very obvious one. Um, but, I mean, if you just look at an NBA team, you know, let's say as a kid, your goal is to be in the NBA. Well, that's a very, very, very likely goal. Now, the chance of you playing in the NBA is minimal and you have, yeah. that's just being a realist, but the chance of you being in the NBA, you could be on the marketing or promoting side. You could be on the management side. You could be a, a referee. You could be, I mean, there's so many different things that you could stay involved in the game of basketball at a high level if they align with your skill set. So I just want to make sure that people approach this with a very open mind. And then like anything, you need to try some stuff out. And, and once you've, you know, you, you've come up with a strategy that these two things will intersect and that's your point uh, of strength, then give it a try and then really see, is this something you enjoy and are good at, or maybe were you off a little bit and trial, there's nothing wrong with trial and error. There's nothing wrong with trying a few things and seeing what sticks and what doesn't, you know, there's, there's no hurry to any of this. Uh, the, the, the key is making sure that whatever you find, uh, you're going to be able to stick with. Uh, and, and again, be happy, fulfilled, successful, and significant at. Wow. Powerful, man. So we're going to get into the book in just a little, but that's chapter one is being self-aware, self-awareness. The first key to change anything in life is self-awareness. Where am I? Where do I want to go? And let's pause here and talk a little about basketball, man. Let's have a little fun because I know for me, being, elbow, being a basketball player, being able to hoop you know, with the guys that have been blessed to train in the past, there was always that time where, man, I got mine. And I, there was that time where the NBA guy, and I, I crossed him over, and I scored a bucket. So, come on, let us in now, because I'm not going to – you don't have to throw out too many names, but you know there was that time being a collegiate basketball player where you're working with Kevin Durant or you're working with one of these athletes, and you're on the court, and you jump in a game, and you're hooping in summer league, and you gave it to them. I mean, you just knocked the jump rope. You crossed – give us one story. and Put them on blast. Come on, who is it? You, you had to do it one time. Well, I mean, what's funny is actually uh, from a playing standpoint, 
uh, wasn't even close to being able to put any of those dudes on blast. In fact, <laughs> I remember vividly, yeah. uh, I was 28 years old and I was training a young man here in the, the DC area who was 14 at the time. Uh, he went on to play at Georgetown for four years and went on to play overseas professionally for a long time. Great kid. Uh, but I was 28 and I was in really, really good shape and he was 14 and he beat me like I had never played the game before. <laughs> we played one-on-one, -on -one and he spanked me. I mean, it was ridiculous. And that's when I realized, one, first and foremost, that, that my playing days had pretty much come to an end. Uh, but also just how talented and athletic and skilled these younger players were. Uh, and I'm glad that that happened because it, it, it gave me a, a, you know, a much-needed humility at the time. Um, so it was really neat to kind of have that torch passed and it's happened several times since. I mean, even when I was working at a couple of the high schools, you know, I, I'm a, I'm a grown man, a former college player, and I would play some of these kids at, at the high school age and they would just spank me uh, <laughs> like I never played. Uh, but I will say that, that, and, and you can certainly ask him, uh, I did beat KD in a few games, a horse, uh -oh. <laughs> boy, boy, did that really piss him off. I mean, he, uh, cause he's so competitive. And I mean, we can, we can equate luck to it if we want, but there was a couple games stretch where I didn't beat him. Uh, I think overall, he certainly has the title for me. And I don't know that I'd want to challenge him now, even with his Achilles injury, uh, but beating him a couple times sure was fun. And, and, and he took it in, in stride. Yeah. He, he probably could beat you and me on one leg right now. Right. In horse. Yeah. What was funny was if it was just purely a shooting competition, I mean, he's going to beat me. He's one of the best shooters on the planet. It's amazing. Uh, so of course, I had to pull out some trick shots and do there you go. I had practiced, but I knew that he hadn't practiced. And <laughs> that was the only way that to, to give myself an advantage. And, you know, a good lesson to pull from that is, you know, regardless of what area of life we're talking about, uh, you know, and this goes on par with the win all day podcast theme, you always need to find what your competitive advantage is, uh, what your separator is that gives you a leg up. And, and this is not about you know, necessarily beating anyone or winning or being better than anyone. Yep. It has nothing to do with that. It has to do with the awareness of knowing what your strengths are and, and what gives you the advantage and, and what gives you separation. And clearly for me to play horse against arguably the best player on the planet, I don't have very many competitive advantages. Yeah. So a couple of, of old man trick shots that I'd always practice was about the only sliver of light that I could see that would give me a fighting chance. And, and thankfully in those couple games that worked. Uh, but if I would have just tried to go head to head with him or shot for shot, I'd have no chance of beating him. And I'm a pretty good shooter, uh, yeah. but I'd have no chance of beating him. So it's all about finding those things that you do that separate yourself uh, and give you that competitive advantage. That's a valuable, valuable lesson, man. I'll never forget when I was in high school, I played in New Jersey. Uh, I don't know if you remember a guy, Dwan Wagner, who scored, 100, who scored 100 points in, in, in high school basketball. And I was playing at the same time he was. And I remember when he came to play us, I'm like, my strength was defense. I was just the guy that was going to lock somebody down and shut him out. And I was like, there's no way this guy's scoring 100 on me. Um, I think he wound up scoring like, I think it was like 43 that night. He didn't score 100. But, um, you know, I think that's an important, valuable lesson. I think a lot of times we always focus. I see a lot of people that are constantly focused on their weaknesses. And if you could focus on your strengths, what you focus on a lot of times magnifies, right? So many times we focus on our weaknesses and you create your reality by what you focus on. If we continue to focus on what we're not good at, what we don't have, what the current situation might look like at the moment, you're going to be stuck there. 
But if you say, hey, what if I was to take my strengths, what I've been blessed with, and what if I was to magnify them and become even better at them and utilize that skill set, you could do a miraculous things in the world. So I think that's a powerful lesson. So what chapter in the book is about taking action? Because let's talk about that for a moment, right? You get this skill set and then you combine it with a passion that you're passionate about. Where in your life, and this is important because you didn't just wake up one day and start working with Kevin Durant. I get asked this all the time. How'd you work with NBA players? How'd you build this company? How do you do what you do? How do you speak on the largest stages? And so many times people see Alan Stein Jr. here, but they don't know what you had to go through here. It wasn't just handed to you. You didn't just wake up one day and, and, and Kevin Durant's there and you could train him. What did you have to do when you graduated college to make a career and get in and get the respect and be able to train and be contracted out by Nike and to be able to have a career you had for 20 years training some of the top basketball players. What kind of action did you have to take to make that happen? Wow, there's so much insightful stuff you just said there that, that we can unpack and, and have a good time doing so. Um, uh, almost in reverse order, uh, a couple of things that you mentioned there, um, and I, I got this from my friend Drew Hanlon, who's an, an NBA skills and strategic coach. Uh, he calls those the unseen hours. You know, in the game of basketball, those are the hours when the gym lights are off, the cameras yep. aren't rolling, and the cheerleaders aren't dancing. And that's when you actually make yourself as a player. Uh, what we all happen to see when the ball goes up and the lights are on, that's just simply the reward or the execution and performance of all of the work that you've put in during the unseen hours. Uh, and it's the same in anything. You know, getting on stage and speaking to a crowd of a thousand people, uh, that's simply the, that's the game. But the preparation is everything that's done before that. That's all of the rehearsal time and, and curation of content and, and working on yeah. your craft that no one sees. So first and foremost, regardless of, of what industry you're in or what you're trying to perform, you have to realize that your dedication and commitment and, and putting in purposeful practice and getting in reps during the unseen hours, that's ultimately what's going to determine your success. And that's one of the... The downsides of social media. Now, I'm a huge social media yeah. advocate. I, I believe it's a great way to learn. It's a great way to connect. It's a great way to engage. Um, but one of the downsides is, uh, I mean, by definition, what's going up on social media is not really the unseen hours. That's the stuff everyone wants you to see. So it's very easy to get caught up with somebody else's posts and seeing, you know, I see you on a big stage or I see your book selling. And then I start to get discouraged because maybe I haven't had that level of success yet. But what I don't see is all of the unseen hours that you've put in to deserve those things. And same thing in the NBA. I mean, you know, when he was healthy, uh, you know, KD drops 45 on somebody and everyone's looking at that in amazement. Yeah. If you knew how much work he put in during the unseen hours, how many times he's in a gym yep. by himself uh, making hundreds of thousands of, of, of game shots from game spots at game speed. I say this very respectfully. That actually becomes less amazing. It becomes yeah. less amazing that he can score 45 points with yes. how much time and effort he's put in behind closed doors. So uh, the unseen hours uh, are huge. Uh, another thing that you mentioned about taking action, this is ultimately what all of us need to do. I mean, uh, I'm not in the business of making guarantees, uh, but I can guarantee you, anyone listening to this, if nothing changes, then nothing changes. If you just keep doing what you've been doing, you'll keep getting what you've been getting. So if you don't like what you've been doing, then you need to change what you've been doing. I mean, it's, it's that obvious. So, you know, it's, uh, if someone reads my book, reading the book in and of itself will do yeah. absolutely nothing to change your life. Absolutely nothing. Now, reading the book and actually applying the principles and strategies and taking action, as you just said, 
now you'll start to see a change. So we were all taught, or at least I was taught as a, as a youngin, that knowledge is power. Well, that's really yeah. incomplete because knowledge in and of itself is not powerful. It's the application of knowledge. That's where the power is derived. So uh, just reading a book does nothing. Anyone just listening to this podcast right now, uh, just our words and our exchange is going to do nothing for you. Now, if you take something we say and you start to apply it and you put it into action and you start to do this stuff in the unseen hours, then you'll start to see a change. So um, that's, really, that's really the key is, is, is the doing. The knowing is a nice first step and there's nothing wrong with reading books and listening to podcasts. Uh, but if you don't eventually put it into action uh, and all you're doing is adding tools to your toolbox, but you're not using them, then all you're going to do is lug around a heavier toolbox. If yeah. you're not using the tools, then it really doesn't matter. That's powerful, man. You said amazing things there. Uh, so, so let me ask you this. You know, Alan Stein Jr., um, what was a time that – and here's why I'm asking you this. The Win All Day podcast I created because there was a time in life where I threw away my story. And I'm just going to give you a quick cliff note version. I threw away my story, ended up in Tulsa, Oklahoma to play basketball, make a long story short, over the two years – they wound up playing basketball at the collegiate level, ended up over $400,000 in debt in the fight of my life to be a father, got a young girl pregnant and suicidal. And I was able to create a new story and people asked me, started asking me, what did you do? How did you do that? And my whole career now was built by creating a new story after I hit rock bottom, threw away the story that I had for myself to go to the NBA and play collegiate basketball but I was able to create a new story. And when I created the win all day mantra, it was at my lowest time in life where I started confessing things that were total opposite of my situation. I started creating different meaning around my situation. I started believing differently. I started seeing situations differently. I started making different choices and taking different actions. And that's what the win all day mantra is all about, Alan. It's not about winning or losing every single day, but I realized at that moment in time where I was at my lowest point in life that I was born a winner. And every single day, what if I just approach today winning? And it doesn't mean winning or losing, but it's me being my best, maximizing my God-given talents, physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, personal development in my relationships. What if every single day I just fought to be my best and be the winner that I knew I was created to be? And then all day came from believing that all things were going to work together for good, that all things are possible, because at the moment, it looked impossible. And I would just say, you're a winner all day, all things, all day. And all of a sudden, I started to get out of debt. And all of a sudden, my situation turned around. And all of a sudden, things turned around. And I went on to become the youngest strength coach in the nation, now to date, wrote books and all this fun stuff. But I tell you that to say this. I think what you said is powerful. A lot of times we don't see what happens at the lowest times. We don't see what happens when Alan Stein Jr. is down and out, not feeling his best physically, mentally, emotionally. Life hits. And Alan Stein Jr., man, the, the performance coach to Kevin Durant, what, what happened at that moment that people didn't see? There were, you had a fight for your life or you had a fight to get through a traumatic situation of adversity or an obstacle to get you where you are today. So I always like to ask that question because – I know today I'm sitting here and we're sitting here because I was able to create a new story at one of the lowest times in my life. And I always like when a guest can be a little vulnerable and transparent. So the person on the other side, listening or watching it say, wow, Alan Stein Jr. Really, he went through something. He was able to overcome that. Man, that brings me hope. Man, and now I'm inspired, man. You have no idea what people on the other side, you and me have no idea what they're going through in life right now. So if you don't mind, I know we opened up the show and I told you before we kicked off the cameras that I would love for you to share a moment in time in your life that was hard, that was a challenge, where you didn't feel like a winner, when all things didn't look possible, when you said, oh man, it hit the fan. 
And if you don't, if you don't have a problem sharing that time, and would you do at that moment, and how that moment in time maybe propelled you to the next season of your life and where you are today? Is that cool? Yeah, absolutely. Always awesome. more than happy to. I, I, I believe there's major strength in vulnerability, and I certainly uh, commend you for, for being so courageous to be able to share your story. And, and, and one point that I want to make, you know, we, we already talked about how it can be dangerous to play the comparison game and compare the good stuff and the accolades. Uh, but equally, uh, don't get caught comparing uh, the adversities or the challenges or the negative stuff either. Uh, because anytime you play the comparison game, positive or negative, uh, you're going to eventually lose. And, yeah. and, and I know this is not about winning and losing, but it's about putting ourselves in a position to be successful. Uh, if you use external uh, validation and external metrics to derive your own self-worth, well, you can quickly find someone that's doing better than you in just about any category. Huge. I mean, if I walk outside right now and I could easily, easily find someone that's more handsome than I am, has a nicer car than I do, has a better apartment, has speaks on bigger stages, has more yeah. Instagram followers, has more money. So I don't need to play that game. But equally, and, and I bring this up because when I, when I look at my life, generally speaking, I've had a pretty good life. I'm yeah. incredibly thankful that I haven't had to face some of the major adversity that some have. I haven't even had to face the major adversities that you've faced. But each one of us is running our own race. And just because I haven't had to go through what you've had to go through doesn't make the challenges that I've had any more or less important, any more or less significant to me. And I do bring that up because, I mean, it, it, from what you just described there, I mean, that's an incredibly challenging time in your life. You, you went through some real stuff. Well, I guarantee in about two seconds of Google research, you could find someone that had it worse off than you did. Yeah. Somebody that. You know, I mean, you start talking about death and sickness and losing limbs and doing, I mean, there's so many things that could go on. And I bring that up just because I don't want anyone comparing any of this. Generally speaking, I am incredibly grateful for the fact that I haven't had to go through some of the major adversity that others have. But yeah. the adversities that I have had to go through have impacted me in a very profound way. And I own that. And I'm thankful for those. And uh, the one that comes to mind is my divorce. Um, you know, I'm very proud to say that I'm amicably divorced uh, because most people don't put those two words in the same sentence, uh, amicable yeah. and divorced. And my ex and I uh, worked really hard uh, to approach our divorce with civility and respect because we wanted to make sure that we could remain uh, good enough friends to be great co-parents to our three kids. And wow. we both did a lot of work to make that happen. But the reason I bring that up, um, and, and even on the scale of divorces, Mine was probably about as easy of a divorce that's ever happened in the history of the world because we, we were able to do it so, uh, you know, with so much respect. Yeah. However, the divorce is what had me start going into some therapy and, and, and meeting with a therapist uh, once a week for a couple of years. And that's what started uh, un uncovering uh, a lot of baggage that I had, a lot of, of limiting beliefs that I had, wow. uh, a, lot of, a lot of things that I had learned and, and really felt and held as core beliefs uh, I started to challenge those now. So wow. I went on a two or three year, I say, journey of doing some internal work to really uncover everything that I had previously believed and thought, why do I believe this? And started kind of relearning. And I had to unlearn first and then relearn a variety of different things. And that's led me on a path now that I, I'm so thankful that a few years later, um, I'm without question the happiest and most fulfilled I've ever been. Uh, I do believe at present, I'm as close to the best version of myself that I've ever been. Now, I'm unfinished. I mean, I, I got a lot of work left to do to be able to achieve yeah. 
the best version of myself. But right now, regardless of where I am, the trajectory I, I'm on is going in the right direction. And that's what's most important. And that's probably the biggest takeaway I want for your wow. listeners. Don't worry at all where you are right now, whether you're low or you're high, whether you're happy or you're, you're, you're depressed. Don't worry about where you are at the moment. Worry about lining things up so that your trajectory is going where you want to be. Where you are now is so far less important than the direction that you're going. And then if you can just stay consistent and, and just know that there's always going to be highs and lows. You know, uh, I have good days and I have bad days like anybody else. Uh, thankfully, now I have the emotional intelligence and the internal skill sets to put systems in place to make sure that most of my days are pretty darn good. Because even though I don't control 99.9% .9 of what goes on around me and to me and for me and in this world, I absolutely control how I, I respond and react to it and how I view using it. And now I have the tools and the grit and the strength and the emotional intelligence and the self-awareness to know that no matter what the world throws at me, I'm going to find a way to use that to move me forward and continue to move towards the best version of myself. So when something good happens, I'm thankful for it. I, I, I do more of what works and less of what doesn't. Yeah. Uh, when challenges and, and, and adversity comes my way, um, I'm resilient enough to look at the lesson that can be learned from it and course correct and keep moving. And, and really, uh, my, my number one goal in life is to be the best version of myself because that's the only way I can be a great father to my children, uh, to be a good co-parent with my ex-wife, to be the best speaker and author I can be. The only way I can do those things is to be the best version of myself. And, and I, I try to break things down because I'm a big believer in simplicity and I'm a big believer in systems. And right now, um, with great clarity, pretty much any decision I have to make in my life, whether it's a small decision, like what am I going to eat for lunch or a big decision, uh, I, I run it through the filter of, will doing this thing or not doing this thing, will this take me closer to who I want to be or will this take me further away from who I want to be? And when I can get that type of clarity and make it simple, black and white, yes or no, it makes decision-making really easy. You know, if this is something that's going to take me closer to who I want to be, then I'm going to do it. And if it's not, then I won't. And, and I'm not a robot and I don't believe in, you know, I believe doing things in moderation. So I'm not saying that I'm, I'm never going to eat, you know, pizza or a cheeseburger because that's not taking me towards who I want to be. I want to enjoy my life. But most of the time, and when I say most of the time, 80, 90, 95%, I'm going to always make a decision with intention and purpose that takes me closer to who I want to be. And when you do that regularly, you start to get some self-satisfaction and some self-validation. And, and to me, that's really something I'd love for your listeners to walk away with is running everything through that filter. You know, wow. If you find yourself short-tempered and you're yelling at your kids <laughs> – is, is, is do you want to be the type of person that yells at your kids? You know, most people don't want to be that type of person. So then don't do it and, and find out another way to get your point across and to be able to communicate to them. And, and, and one of the most powerful tools that any of us can use is to try to step out and be a spectator to your own emotions, almost as if you're watching yourself in a movie. And I'm going, okay, right now, somebody's playing Alan in this movie. Uh, Alan's a little bit frustrated. He didn't sleep last night. He's, he's, mm. he's hungry, and his kids are definitely being pains in the butt right now. So this, this actor kind of wants to lash out and scream at them, 
but you know what? That's not going to take him to who he wants to be. So what's another way we could approach this? And I know that sounds kind of overly dramatic and almost a bit comical, but when you can slow life down to the point where you're fully present in every moment and you can make those types of decisions, I'm telling you, things just become so much easier. You reduce so much friction. And, and, And I can't stress enough. These are basic concepts, but none of this is easy. I'm not saying for one second that I have not or will not yell at my kids, that I have not or will not decide to skip a workout, that I have not or will not make a bad decision. Those things are going to happen, but now they're happening a lot less frequently and and they're much smaller in nature. They're more trivial in nature because I have this system in place for all decisions. So I know that was a mouthful, but I hope that's something your, your listeners can put into practice. Just run every decision you make through the filter of does this take me towards who I want to be or further away? Life becomes so much simpler. Man, brother, you are spitting fire. I think that one nugget right there, if you're listening right now, has the power to, to radically change your life. I think so many people, Alan, walk around life with no purpose because they're not intentional about what they do every single day. And whatever happens, happens. And you know, um, they're, they're led by emotions. And a lot of times if emotions dictate, determine everything you do, man, your life's going to be a roller coaster. If you're listening or watching right now, I want to challenge you, pause right now, go back, listen to that again, and then pause it again and write down that question. Put in your phone, post it everywhere where you could see that question and ask yourself that on a daily basis when you're going to make decisions. And I think what you said is powerful because if you start asking yourself that question, even with small decisions, you'll start asking yourself that with even larger decisions. What if you just start asking yourself that it just on what you eat? Is this going to get me the body I want, how I want to look, how I want to feel, how I want to perform? What if you start asking that in a relationship, in a marriage, in a business endeavor, financially? How many people spend money every single day because they don't have intention or purpose behind their money? You would start investing and spending money differently if you asked yourself that question. I yeah. think that was such a powerful takeaway, brother. I appreciate you sharing that. Oh, my pleasure. And the key is we need to practice and get reps with the smaller stuff. Yes. You know, one, of, uh, one of the most powerful books I've ever read, and I've probably read it 30 times because it's more of a short handbook, is the Don't Sweat the Small Stuff. And, yeah. and I know that book came out 15, 20 years ago, and there's a variety of versions of it. Um, but, you know, I found that, you know, I mean, think about it from an, from an adversity standpoint or, you know, if you get bent out of shape every time your kids misbehave or every time there's traffic or every time there's something little going on, if you get bent out of shape and that affects your mood, that affects the way you like what's going to happen when the big stuff happens, you're not yeah. going to be prepared. You know, um, as I mentioned, I'm very thankful that up until this point in my life, I have not had any catastrophic major adversities. I mean, you know, both of my parents are still alive. I have three young, healthy kids. I'm doing a job that I love and I'm financially secure. Like the good stuff is in place. Um, But you better bet I spend some time thinking and preparing for when something catastrophic will happen. And it will. It's not a matter of if, it's a matter of will. And will I have the resolve and the grit and the emotional integrity to be able to handle it? Uh, Certainly, I don't want those things to happen. But if I were to go bankrupt or uh, if something were to happen to my kids, they they get sick or or, or severely injured or one of my parents dies unexpectedly. I mean, those would be some awful things to have to overcome. But I have the confidence that I've put the framework in place that I'd be able to handle those with as much courage and vulnerability and and, and, uh, emotional integrity as possible. Doesn't mean those things would be easy. And I'm not saying that if any of those things have happened to someone that it's easy just to wake up and smile and whistle and skip, not at all. 
but now's your chance to practice. So yeah. practice when little things are irritating you and frustrating you to not sweat the small stuff and to just move on and, and focus on your own attitude and effort and, and focus on decisions that make you the version of yourself that you believe you can be. You know, I mean, if, if you were to, if you were to in, in, a, in a more of a confined environment, pull someone aside and say, hey, do you want to be the type of person that gets road rage? Like, do you want to be the type of person yeah. that when someone cuts you off, you curse and give them the finger and you get bent out of shape? Most people in that setting will be like, no, of course not. I would never want to be that person. Okay, well, when the opportunity arises when you are in traffic, then don't be that person. Make the decision to just laugh it off or to take a deep breath or to, to, to quickly meditate, yeah. obviously, with your eyes open or to listen to a podcast like this. Like, make the decision to do that yeah. and, and start lining up those little decisions as often as possible. Uh, you mentioned the uh, same thing from a health and wellness standpoint. Like if you want to look and feel and perform a certain way, then you have to recognize that everything you put in your body and every opportunity you have to move and expend calories, those things matter. Yep. And if you want to look and feel a certain way, then you need to consistently choose to put healthy stuff in your system and consistently choose to move and burn calories and work out. If you don't do those things consistently, then you can't be surprised when you don't have the type of body that you would like to have. And, and this is nothing about vanity. This is nothing about being on the front of muscle and fitness. This is simply, if you believe that you deserve to have a certain physique, then you need to make decisions that are in alignment and harmony with having that. And if you do make those decisions consistently, you increase the likelihood of that happening. And if yeah. you don't, you don't. I mean, it's as basic as it gets. So uh, I do encourage folks to, to try to step back, let life slow down, don't do everything at a frantic pace, you know, and, and one more thing on emotion, because you, you brought up a very insightful yeah. point. We have a full palette of emotions for a reason. There is nothing wrong with feeling mad, feeling frustrated, feeling disappointed, even feeling depressed. Those are emotions for a reason. Now, how you choose to use those emotions, that's where you could, things could get destructive. That's where uh, you could actually do something that, that inhibits your ability to be the best version of yourself. There is nothing wrong with me being mad or frustrated at the way my kids are behaving. But if I choose to lash out at them and curse and scream and do something like that, well, then I've actually made a decision to use that emotion in a negative way. Where I could have made a decision to use that emotion for fuel in a positive way. And ultimately, all of our lives are the cumulative, um, uh, 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 is accumulation of every decision that we've ever made. Yep. Wherever you are right now listening to this, physically and figuratively yep. is a result of every decision you've ever made. So if you don't like where you are at the moment, then you need to start making different decisions. And, and I realized that when I said it, but I, I kind of messed up that little limerick and quote that I said before. It's if you keep doing what you've been doing, you will keep getting what you've been getting. If you don't like what you've been getting, then you need to change what you've been doing. And that's, that's ultimately what we're talking about. If you want a better life, start making better decisions. Basic but definitely not easy to do. Powerful, man. Yeah, very simple, but sometimes the most simple things are the most profound things. I think we try to, we live in such an age now where everything's so complex. I think complexity kills results a lot of times. People are searching the next book, the next podcast. We have a lot of times right what we need right in front of us. Simple principles like you talked about, the power of choice, the power of decisions. Like, so let's talk about that. And, and, and there's two more things I want to hit on. I, sure. I want to respect your time, but um, so we are going to get into the book. And before we go there, I like to do this with all of our guests. We're talking about win all day. It's about laying your head on the pillow at night 
and be able to have peace of mind to say, man, you know what? Man, I maximized my God-given talents today. I was the best version of me today, physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, in your relationships, financially, in your mission, whatever it is, whatever that best version of you is, that's what the win all day mantra is all about. Is at the end of the day, being able to lay my head on the pillow and saying, I was the best version of me today. And I want to ask you this. We're going to put you in the hot seat. Sure. Alan Stein Jr., the world-renowned coach, speaker, and author, what do you do on a daily basis? What habits and rituals do you have? And you mentioned that you mentioned a couple more earlier, to be your best physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, in your relationships, financially, in your mission. What do you do every single day to win all day and be your best, Alan Stein Jr.? Uh, there's several. On a, on a deeper level, um, I am constantly in a position of looking internally and doing the internal hard work and making sure that my self-awareness is as high as it can be. And certainly, that's looking at the good stuff, uh, the things I'm good at, the things I enjoy, the, my dreams and my hopes. Uh, but I'm also um, willing to, and it, it sounds like I'm lacking humility, I'm courageous enough to look on the other side of the things yeah. that, that are my weaknesses, my challenges, my insecurities. There's a long list of those. My fears, the things that keep me up at night. So I don't suppress that stuff and I don't try to avoid it or resist it. I look headfirst at it and, and directly into it uh, because that is just as much of me as the good stuff. So I'm constantly trying to reflect. And, you know, I, I'm a very basic guy. I mean, and I don't say that to diminish myself. I'm actually proud of the fact that I leave a very basic I live a very basic and simple life. And, you know, the, the, the most surefire way to ensure happiness and success is to do more of what works and to do less of what doesn't. I mean, it doesn't get any more obvious than that. So I'm in a constant state of reflection and evaluation. Everything that I do, whether it's interacting with my kids, being a guest on someone's podcast, going out to dinner with a friend, I'm constantly evaluating what I'm doing and what am I doing that's working so I can do more of that. And what am I doing that's not working so I can either course correct and pivot or eliminate it? So I'm in this constant process. And so you know, let me ask, some, let me some ask. days are good and, and some days are bad. You know, some days I'll rest my head on my pillow and go, you know what? The, the effort was there, but this was not your best day, Alan. This, this was not your best day, but today's over and tomorrow is a new day. So let's learn the lessons from today and let's apply them to tomorrow. So that's, that's, that's powerful. So let me ask you this. Reflection. Are you doing that in the morning? You doing that throughout the day? Are you have a time specifically at night where you sit down and say, "Let me look at my day. What went right? What went? Like, what's what's your game plan for that? Or is that just something you learned that throughout the day you're doing self reflection? It's it's real time feedback. I mean, okay. it's happening in the moment. So I'm doing that after everything. I mean, now right now my attention is in the present moment, which is this conversation and serving you and your audience. Uh, so in order to be uh, completely present with you. I'm not doing that at the moment. Now, when we're done and we hang up, then I'll reflect back and go, okay, what, what portions of that do I feel like I handled well? Uh, what portions do I feel like I did add value? Uh, what are some things maybe I could have said, but I didn't? Uh, what is something, as I already told you, I messed up that one quote and I've said that, I mean, no shortage of 10,000 times. And the one time I'm on air with you is when I mess it up, but it's over. So it's okay. So now I, I can reflect and I look back. But this is, this is real-time feedback. Yeah. I mean, when I'm on stage, I'm, I'm engaging with the audience. I'm getting a gauge for how, how they're feeling, what things are, you know, and this is all real-time feedback. So uh, there's not necessarily a time. I'm constantly doing this. Beautiful. Now, so that's on kind of a, a macro and deep level. Uh, I'm a huge believer in habits and in systems and in, in, in order to win the day, 
setting yourself up with the bookends of your day, your morning and your evening routine, and setting those up with intention and purpose to increase the chance that you're going to have a good day. And I have a few non-negotiables uh, that I do every morning and every night. And then I have a few other things that I do most of the time. I don't do them every single day, but I do them most of the time. And some of the non-negotiables uh, will start in the morning. Uh, I always make my bed. It's the very first thing I do. And I've done that for over 25 years. Um, I believe that making your bed is a sign of discipline. And I believe that discipline is required to not only be successful, but to also be happy. And yeah. I realized uh, a couple of years ago that that Navy Admiral did the big commencement speech and wrote a book about, you know, how important it is to make your bed. And I loved it because it supported everything that I had believed and had been doing for 20 years before that. Um, but that's a big one for me. Uh, I do a 10 minute guided meditation using the Headspace app every single morning. As soon as I'm done making my bed, I do the Headspace guided meditation app. Uh, today was my 717th straight day using that app. Wow. Um, and uh, it helps me start my day in a more aware and grounded manner. Uh, it allows me to kind of collect my thoughts and be present so that I can attack the day. Um, then depending, you know, I, I usually uh, drink some room temperature water first thing in the morning just to hydrate because my body lost a lot of water while I was sleeping. Uh, depending on what's happening that day or what I'm doing, uh, many times I'll do some breath work and some yoga type stretches. Uh, many times I'll take a cold shower for two to three minutes just to break that, that normal pattern. It's called a pattern interrupt just to kind of wake myself up and get going. Um, depending on the day, sometimes I go right to a hot yoga class. Sometimes I go right to a workout. Other times I have to be prepared and dressed and ready to step on stage. So there's, there's some, some wiggle room there. Uh, but I do my very best not perfect. I'm fallible like everyone listening. I do my very best uh, not to check email, text messages, or social media within the first 60 minutes of waking up. That first 60 minutes is dedicated to refilling my own bucket uh, physically, mentally, and emotionally so that I can be my best. And then I can tackle whatever else um, you know, is, is the day is going to throw at me. Uh, in the evening, uh, very similar. Um, I actually, I'm a big believer in, in sleep and how important sleep is. So I have some sleep time rituals. Uh, I have some glasses, they're called Swannies. They're actually, they block out the Blu-rays of screens. And I start wearing those most evenings around 6.30 or seven. Normal bedtime for me is about 9.30 or 10. Uh, so I have those on for about three hours and they actually do help me fall asleep quicker and more soundly. Uh, I wear a sleep mask. You know, one of those things you see people wearing uh, on airplanes because it blocks out all light. Um, yep. And uh, I have kind of a cocktail of, of um, stuff I get from Whole Foods, uh, some uh, melatonin and GABA and all sorts of stuff that helps me sleep. And regardless of whether or not it's the placebo effect, it doesn't matter. It's been helping me get more sound sleep. Um, and then the, the last, uh, I've really been into intermittent fasting for the last probably year. Uh, so like even at present, we're recording this, it's 1.30 uh, p.m. East Coast time. I haven't had anything to eat since yesterday's dinner, which was around five or six. Uh, so I usually fast for 18 or 19 hours a day, and then I eat within a five, six, seven hour window. Uh, and when I do eat, uh, I, I follow kind of a modified version of a paleo diet. Uh, it's mostly lean protein, tons of vegetables, um, some sweet potato and quinoa, uh, and, and a ton of nuts. Um, and that just makes up most of what I do. And I do that for 80 to 90% of the time. And the other 10 to 20%, I eat just like everybody else. I'll enjoy a nice bacon cheeseburger with fries or a, a pizza, you know, because uh, I've made with intention that I'm okay doing that for 10 to 20% of the time. So those are kind of my routines and my daily rituals. You know, I make sure that every single day 
I do something to work on my craft and to, to fill my own bucket from a development standpoint. So I'm either reading, watching, or listening to something, or I'm rehearsing. I'm doing something to make sure that each day I can say, I did a little bit of something to get better at my craft. And if you put all of that together, that's kind of the framework at which I live. And, you know, uh, like I said, at this point in time, I'm as close to being the best version of myself that I've ever been. And I'm still a long way off from getting there, but I'm closer than I've ever been. So I'm going to keep doing this because I like the direction that the trajectory is going. And, you know, you throw all that in with doing something I'm passionate about, uh, having an opportunity to connect with awesome people like you and, and share things that I, I really enjoy. Uh, I've got a very close connection with my three children and I get to see yeah. them a lot despite the divorce. Uh, I get to travel the world. You know, life's pretty good. And uh, as much as I'm thankful and truly grateful that life is good, and, and I hope this statement doesn't lack humility, it ain't by luck. Like I've worked hard over the last many years to design a life that I believe is good and to design a life that, that fulfills me and makes me happy. And, and I'm hoping is significant in helping others. That's, that's really how I define my own success is my ability to help others. Um, but it's, it's not by accident. I, I didn't walk backwards into intermittent fasting and I don't accidentally make my bed when I wake up. These things are all done with intention and purpose and they all are in perfect alignment with who it is that I'm trying to become. So uh, I say that because I'm an example that anyone listening to this can start making the same decisions. And I don't mean doing what I do. You don't have to do what I do. Um, you just have to do what you believe is in your best interest to be your best self. And, and I certainly, from the bottom of my heart, uh, am rooting for and encouraging and hoping that everyone listening makes those decisions. Wow, powerful, man. If you're just tuning in, you are listening to the Win All Day podcast show with Coach JC and world-renowned coach, speaker, and author, Alan Stein Jr., and he just dropped for us his win all day habits and rituals, what he does to be his best and create the life that he desires and ultimately that you deserve, man. I believe that. I believe that human beings deserve to live a good life. Um, so let's do this really quick, man. I, you're, I know you're on a mission and you're speaking now and you made the transition over the last three years, you said, to uh, going into corporate America and you're speaking in corporations and you're bringing these strategies that you actually used on some of the top athletes in the world and now you're bringing them to the business sector and you're helping them perform at a world-class level um, in business and in life and um, so you wrote a book so let's talk about the book I want you to give it give it a plug this is not a shameless plug man I want you to promote the book I believe in the book um, I want you to tell us what this book is about what the title of it is why you wrote this book and where everybody can find this book sure well, we'll go in reverse order. It's called Raise Your Game, High Performance Secrets from the Best of the Best. Uh, if anyone's interested, you can go to raiseyourgamebook.com. Uh, you can order yourself a copy on Amazon, or if you're more of the listening type, you can get it on Audible or anywhere that sells audiobooks. Uh, if you would like a team discount for your sports team, your organization, uh, you can drop me an email at alan at allensteinjr.com. I can give you 40% off, and I can pre-sign each copy. Uh, now that the sales pitch is over, um, I, I wrote the book for a few reasons. One, I've been a voracious reader for my entire adult life, and there have been so many books that have had a profound impact on me, on my life, on my perspective, to the tune of, you know, I was one way, I read a book, and now I was a different way. I saw the world differently. And so I've always had a tremendous respect for books 
and for authors. And the thought that I could potentially write something that could have a positive impact on someone else's life, uh, it's been on my professional bucket list uh, for a long, long time. And it, it just took, you know, until a couple of years ago for that to actually come to fruition. Uh, the main reason that I did it two years ago uh, was because it forced me to curate all of my content that I was now speaking um, to, to companies about and, and at events. So it got me hyper clarity on my message, on what I believed. It got me to curate all of my stories and my lessons and my strategies and my action items and got me to get really organized. So it was really a huge tool in helping me become a better speaker, even though the book was obviously in written form. So uh, for those two reasons, that was the reason for writing the book. Um, the main premise behind it is, you know, I've, I've spent a career being able to observe and watch the best of the best, you know, whether it's a, a Coach K or a Kobe Bryant, I've been able to see what makes the best the best. And I've pulled out some very specific traits and some very specific uh, mindsets and rituals and routines that those folks have. And I wrote a book that translated how you can use those same mindsets and routines in your life, um, individually or collectively, uh, personally or professionally. You know, if you're looking to improve your performance in any area, you know, if you want to improve your marriage, this book will help. If you want to improve your game on the court, this book will help. If you want to improve the culture of your, your organization, you work in sales or you're an HR, or you're an executive, this book will help. So uh, I'm very thankful that even though it, it came through the initial lens of being very specific with basketball, that the principles that we pulled out have very, very high utility and, and can, can be applied anywhere. And, and I know without question that those things that I've learned from elite level players have not only made me a better speaker, but they've made me a much better father. So this stuff does not need to be compartmentalized. It does not need to be separated. You know, becoming your best self means you're becoming your best self in every area of your life. So um, I've gotten some good feedback on the book so far, which I'm thankful for. You know, it's the book was written in service of others. So that, you know, the, the fact that folks are reading it and enjoying it um, just really fills my bucket and warms my heart. I love it, man. And one more time, where can they go get that book? Then go to raiseyourgamebook.com. Uh, if they want to see anything about me or my speaking, they can just go to allensteinjr.com. And, and I'm at allensteinjr on Instagram, LinkedIn, on all the major social channels. Uh, and I love engaging on social. Uh, that's how I get to meet wonderful people like you. So certainly anyone listening to this, uh, you know, if you just want to, to chop it up a little bit, if you have any questions or you want to dive deeper into something or you want to talk, whatever, please just hit me up on social. I would love to interact. Awesome, man. So let's do this. As we conclude this show, we are super grateful that you took the time today and we're believing that the time that you invested right now into our guests, the Win All Day tribe and, and, and you know our family here that listens to this show, that tunes in, we're believing that you're going to reap a tremendous harvest for the time. I know you're busy, you're speaking, you're writing books and you got three young kids and, and, and you know, so we're grateful, man. I just want to say from the bottom of my heart, and all the, all the listeners and our viewers. And uh, thank you so much, man, for you taking the time and being on the show. And, and as we conclude the show, I always like to uh, raise, raise, raise your game. I mean, there's people listening right now that are going to say, wow, I need to go listen to this two or three times. I need to raise my game in life, in business, on the basketball court, wherever it may be in my marriage, financially, physically, mentally. And I just want to give you this opportunity, Alan Stein Jr., uh, to give you the last words on the Win All Day podcast show, uh, what would you say to the person right now that's on the other side of this camera or listening on iTunes and says, hey, you know, I need to raise my game. I, I really believe in what you said today. I'm going to go buy this book and I'm going to get in this. I'm not only going to read it, but I'm going to implement it. 
I just want to give you the, the floor right now, Alan Stein Jr., for the last words to that person on the other side that needs to raise their game. Well, certainly anyone listening or watching, please know how much I appreciate your attention in this present moment, that uh, you just devoted roughly an hour of your life uh, to what JC and I had to say, and that's not taken lightly. So thank you for making that investment. Uh, the next is that don't worry a bit about where you are at this moment, whether you're high or you're low or somewhere in between. Don't worry about that. Put all of your focus and energy on making sure that you have a plan in place so that your trajectory is going up and it's aiming towards being the best version of yourself. So give yourself the grace and compassion that you would offer a loved one or a friend to yourself right now. Don't look in the rear view mirror. Don't look at all the woulda, couldas, and shouldas of, of why things aren't the way that you want them to be. And let's focus right now on moving forward. Also know that while, in, in order to move forward, all you need to do is focus on the basics. There's some very basic principles that we've outlined. In fact, there's nothing that JC and I have said in this episode that, that's that's revolutionary, that's going to cause anyone's head to explode. We've talked about very basic concepts, but don't confuse something that's basic with something that's easy. Nothing that we've shared today is going to be easy for you to do, even though all of it's basic. So give yourself some grace and some compassion and some self-love to know that it's going to be a hard challenge, that that uphill battle of getting where you're trying to go will be difficult but you're more than capable of doing it and keep your focus and every decision that you make in this world to be in alignment with who it is that you want to become and to become the best version of yourself. And you are running your race. Don't worry a bit about what everyone else is doing. Don't compare your successes with other people's successes. Don't compare your adversities with other people's adversities. It doesn't matter. That's their race to run. Focus on you and becoming the best version of yourself. And if you, Every single day, you make decisions that are in alignment with that, and you're in a constant uh, state of, of being able to review and reflect in real time what things are working and what things aren't, then you'll slowly be inching forward. And the progress is what we're shooting for. Don't worry about perfection. Focus completely on progress and daily incremental wins and getting better. And don't be afraid to celebrate those, but also don't get too frustrated at yourself um, when you do make mistakes and you, you have setbacks. And if you can make a commitment to doing this and you can insulate yourself with an inner circle of people that love you and care about you and want to support you being the best version of yourself, you know, your environment is incredibly important uh, and those people will, will help reduce the friction of what it takes to get there. And then just realize that all of us right now, regardless of age and where we are on the spectrum, we should all be playing this long game. And the long game is to continually work towards being our best selves, but also make sure you enjoy the journey, that it's okay every now and then to, to skip a workout or to sleep in and hit snooze. It's okay every now and then to have a cheeseburger and fries. Just don't do that all of the time unless that's who it is that you're trying to become. And, and know that, you know, whether it's JC or myself, you've got people out there that are rooting for you, that believe in you that want to see you successful and then want to see you pay that forward to others and make everyone else around you better. Uh, and if you can do all of those things, I'm incredibly confident you'll be living your best life. Uh, you'll be, you'll be happy and fulfilled and successful and significant. And I know that's what I'm working towards. Uh, I'm pretty crystal clear that that's what JC is working towards. And, and we would love to have you join us. Wow. Powerful, man. Hey, if you're listening today, you just heard, from world-renowned coach, speaker, and author, our special guest today on the Win All Day podcast show, Alan Stein, 
Jr. And that concludes our show of the day. Once again, Alan, thank you from the bottom of our heart for joining us today and speaking into the lives of the Win All Day show. Hey, this is Coach JC, and I'm here to remind you one last time as we conclude today's show that you were born a winner, that all things are possible, and that today is your day to go win and win all day. My man. Beautiful.